I actually recommend taking them out to the store if you can. Target, nice excuse to go to Target, right? And having them actually pick out their big girl or big boy undies, right? And that gets them really excited about the process. They want to wear them. Welcome to Transforming the Toddler Years, a core four parenting podcast blending soul and science-based strategies to empower pandemic moms like you raising kindergarten-ready kids. I'm Cara Terrell, your host, a lifetime lover of littles, girl mom, early childhood educator, and conscious parenting coach who truly believes that how we connect and collaborate with our kids in the first five years is how we raise world-ready kids who will change this world. Today's episode is all about potty training with Christine Brown, who is a mom to twin boys and the founder of Bella Luna Family, a parent consulting company that specializes in some of the most challenging aspects of parenting, including potty training. This episode is full of you because I asked for your questions, so you're going to get your answers. She walks us through why COVID kids are a little bit late to tackle potty training and what we can do to help them master this milestone so that they can feel more confident as they start programs out in the world. I hope you learn a ton. Please rate and review this episode so that we know what we're doing right and how better to serve you. Christine, I am so excited to have you here on the Transforming the Toddler Years show. We are going to talk about potty training, and we are going to talk about why COVID kids seem to be a little bit late to the potty training party, what readiness looks and sounds like, and how parents can take a little bit more control of this and feel some calm inside of it, too. Thank you for being here, and welcome. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to chat about this. It's such an important topic. It really, really is. And, you know, we are wrapping up our back to school series with you because this is a big thing. Mm -hmm. Kids are there, they're trained, they're ready. Parents are like, I did it. And then we do this huge transition that is moving to a new daycare room or a preschool setting or a kindergarten. And you start to see how uncomfortable they can get inside all of the things that they used to know how to do really, really well. So we're going to unpack all of this, but let's start with the basics. How do we know what readiness looks and sounds like, and is it correlated to their age or not? There's a lot of different philosophies on potty training. Um, And so for me, um, the three areas where I specialize is sleep behavior and potty training. And so um, when it comes to potty training, everything in my opinion is child-led because it's just natural inclination. If we are trying to force our children to do something that they're not ready to do, they're going to dig their heels in um, and it's kind of going to become a thing, right? And so if they're feeling that pressure, um, potty training can take a really long time. It can be really difficult. And I don't know if it would be helpful for me to share a little bit of my potty training story. Um, But my twin boys were a little over two and my aunt, God rest her soul, was not one to mince her words. She said to me, Christine, what's wrong with you? I had both my boys trained by the time they were two years old. And I was like, 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So internal pressure, right? Um, coming from the external pressure. And then my step monster arrived at Easter with Easter baskets filled with potty training supplies. And then proceeded while I'm making scallop potatoes and ham, starts trying to potty train them. Um, so huge pressure from like external sources, right? And then I don't know about you, but when I'm feeling external pressure, that usually creates internal pressure in me. And I start being like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Right. Those types of things. And then I in turn take that energy and was putting it on my twins. Mm. And so potty training honestly took us a very, very long time because I was feeling so pressured. And when I took that pressure off and kind of took that step back is when they really figured it out. Um, and so I wish I had known then what I know now, which is the signs that kiddos are ready, right? Um, so the biggest thing that you want to be looking for is that they're saying like, I want to do this. They're interested in you using the potty and they're really wanting to do it. There's some other things that need to happen, you know, more logistical type things. Like they need to be able to pull their pants up and down. They need to be able to get, you know, to the bathroom. Um, they need to be able to communicate enough that, you know, that they have to go. Um, but they also need to know those signals, right? So that's another thing that you want to be looking for is that they're either hiding um, or they're showing discomfort by like pulling on the diaper, right? Those are all of the things that are going to show you that they're physically kind of ready. But the mental piece of it, right, has to be there where they're just like ready to take this on. I did not know that story. Uh, thank you <laughs> for sharing that. You know, often through our motherhood trauma moments is where we have our big aha moments and it helps us realize what we want to do differently. So clearly you did exactly that. What an amazing story. Thank you. I love this idea of holistic readiness. And that's what you're talking about here, right? right? That we're not just observing body readiness signs, we're observing emotional readiness as well. And observing our kids is how we know how to take the next step. So right. I do have um, some logistical questions because you're the expert Big potty versus little potty, right? They sell us all these tiny potties and they sing to us and they flush and they do all the things. But then I read it's better for their body to be on a smaller structure than it is on a larger structure when they're such small people. What's your take on that? We also know that children that are at that age where they're ready to be potty training, one of their primary needs is to have some control in their lives, right? Because we control so much of their lives. I'm a big fan of offering choices. Um, and so we started with the little potty and that was an option for them. That one went all over the house. Um, and then we also set up the big potty so that they would be comfortable on it. Um, so we had, at first we had one of those removable seats that went on. 
but I felt like that was a little rickety. Um, we had a stool and then a seat. So we actually purchased, and this was another one of our game changers with potty training. We purchased one of those seats that has the built-in toddler seat in it, and it flips up and down. And from a mama standpoint and a keeping the toilet clean standpoint, it's so much easier Um to be able to just wipe that with Clorox wipes and call it a day. Um, but I think the biggest thing is to offer a choice. You can use the big potty. You can use the little potty, What it's whatever you choose and whichever you want to do. And that gives them that feeling of control, right? And that's something that they need. I love those potty seats that are built in. The first time I walked into a house to do a home visit and they had one of those, this was a while ago, but they were kind of new on the scene. I was what is that? And where did you get it? Those are fantastic. And this idea of choice and yeah. control. I mean, they need to have control of their body. They need to be listening to their body. So the idea that they can have some control over where they go to do what they need to do, 100% with you on that. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about why COVID kids seem late to be ready. We know from the educator's perspective over here that they're late for so many other of their milestone markers, talking, walking, all of it. And so the idea that they aren't quite ready to potty train when we think they should be, air quotes, doesn't surprise me, but I'm not clear why that could be. Do you have any insight into that? So I see this a lot when I'm doing potty training consultations and a lot of the kids are COVID kids. And so I don't have an exact scientific reason, but my logic says that the children didn't have that social role modeling. Um, and so they weren't out at library story time, right? They weren't in, a lot of them weren't in a daycare setting. Um, they weren't going to all of those places where their peers were using the potty. So they weren't seeing other children use the potty. Even um, those that have big siblings, right? Older siblings, that always doesn't do it because they don't see themselves as peers. They see them as the big kids, right? Um, and so it's when they see those, you know, other two and three-year-olds that are doing it, that it really starts to um, get them more interested in it. So that's my, that's my theory. Makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Like every other milestone that we're watching kids struggle with, it is modeling, opportunity, experience, observation, all the things that they didn't have access to. The great news is these are recoverable skills and kids make these things up really quickly because they're good like that. And you started by talking about the parent feeling the pressure. Yeah. So we live in a world you and I and all the collaborative moms and dads who listen to this show where we want to be child-led. We want to be part of this journey with our kids, not dragging them down the road that they're supposed to go down. Right. The world hasn't really changed though. We're mm -hmm. back to the way things used to be. Post-pandemic parenting is really hard. If people are sending their child to preschool for the first time this year, like in my town, the preschool requires that you are fully potty trained before you go. Yeah. How do we support our kids so that they can go do this really important thing they need to do, which is get the social interaction they've been missing without feeling like we're just pushing them too hard, too fast? Yeah. 
In a lot of respects, I work with a lot of families in similar situations and, you know, they're saying, you know, I can understand like poor enough, but sometimes three-year-olds are still trying to figure it out. But before they even start a threes program, they have to be fully potty trained. And I feel really feel for these parents because they're feeling the pressure that they want their children, you know, for whatever reason to go and, you know, have those social interactions. Maybe the parents are working and need that time. Right. Um, so they're feeling a lot of pressure, which again, in turn is going to kind of turn up the volume on that, you know, our kids are going to feel that. And so the best thing I think parents can do is really take a collaborative approach to it. So if you're just starting, you know, like start introducing them, talking to them about their body and like how their body works, explaining that to them. Right. And, um, you know, inviting them to come to the bathroom with you. Lots of kids love to go to the bathroom. I don't know if I went to the bathroom by myself in years, right? Um, but, you know, inviting your child to go to the bathroom with you, not because they need to go, but just to come in there, you know, make the bathroom a really comfortable, you know, child-friendly place. You know, they're comfortable on the big potty. They've got the little potty, you know, you've got books in there, um, you know, stools, making sure that they can wash their hands. Kids love washing their hands when they don't have to, right? <laughs> Um, you know, those are the things. And then, you know, really teaming up with them and saying, you know, like everybody goes on the potty and when your body is ready, you're going to go on the potty too. And I'm here to support you and help you to, you know, figure that out. We're a team, right? And so really approaching it that way um, can be really helpful because we can't force it, unfortunately, you know, and Again, like I mentioned before, the more that we put those really big pressure on our kids, it's just their natural inclination to dig those heels in. I, frankly, if someone tries to force me to do something I don't want to do, I could dig my own heels in, right? <laughs> Christine, there are so many potty consultants out there, but this is why it was you I wanted on this show. The idea that collaboration is the key is everything here at Core 4. And so it's really easy to get wrapped up in the details and the outcomes, especially when we're talking about this potty work. So the fact that you always bring people back to this core, this mindset, I just absolutely love it. Wow. I'm going to get you right back to this amazing conversation because believe it or not, the best is yet to come. But I just wanted to hop in and remind you that today is the very last day to sign up for the fall cohort of the Transforming the Toddler Years program. We start tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm ready to live this with you. I'm ready to dive in and be your personal coach, your personal educator for the next six weeks to help you transform your conscious level, your mindset, the perspectives that you have about your child's childhood, and then teach you science-based strategies that work for who you are, who your family is, and who your kiddo is. My job is to truly help you transform the toddler years. So sign up tonight by midnight, and I cannot wait to get started with this gorgeous group tomorrow. So what's your take on, because with families who have been talking to me, they say, 
this is the deadline that we've been given. We need to get this done by my schedule changes on, they're going to preschool this day. We're going to do the three-day system and it's going to work. What's your take on that three-day potty training system? So for a lot of children, it works beautifully. A lot of families have a lot of success with that method. She is she is potty famous for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. That does not work for every child though. Um, I had a client reach out to me and she had been a long-term sleep client um, and she was a naturally anxious mama, self, you know, ad- admittedly an anxious mama. And so she picked up the three-day potty training book and said, oh my God, before the end of the first chapter, I was already feeling anxious, like I missed the boat. And her husband said to her, sweetheart, call Christine, like just call Christine. So she texted me and I was like, let's meet this week and we'll get you in and talk about it. Right. But so that can work for certain parents and certain children, but that won't work for every child. So is it worth a try? Sure. Right. Especially if you're on a time limit and your child is showing, you know, those readiness signs and you've got three days at home, you could try it, but if it's not going well and you're seeing that um, everyone's crying a lot and there's a lot of P words everywhere, you know, you may want to take a step back and you'll figure it out pretty quickly um, because potty training, once a child is ready, should be a very short-term process because they're ready. You know, it's just become something that they're ready to do. Um, But if when people reach out to me and they're saying, well, I've been potty training for a year and that to me is, yeah, that sounds so stressful. Um, I'd have even more gray hair, Um, but you know, if it's not going well and you're finding everyone's crying and it's just, you know, feeling too pressured for your little one, definitely take that step back and pull back. Um, because again, you can't, we can't force our kiddos to do it. And maybe a conversation of with the daycare provider or the preschool provider, right. There may be ways that you can try to collaborate with them and say like, my child is not ready. Um, you know, anything happens, you know, depending on what your schedule looks like, I can come in and change a diaper if I need to. Right. And some daycare environments there, you know, love our children so much they're willing to work with us and others have very strict policies and won't. And that's a lot more challenging when it comes to sleep and potty. P words. Yes. P words. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Those are the new words I'm going to be thinking about. Right. The P we talk words. a lot about P words in my house. I have nine-year-old twin boys. So <laughs> yeah, start them early with the potty talk. Yeah. That's fantastic. All right. So I have some questions from parents who were so excited that this interview was coming up and you were going to wrap this series for us. So I'm just going to shoot them out and we'll see what what you have to say. Um There is a mom who asked, what is your recommendation for long car rides when our daughter is mostly potty trained, but still having at least one accident a day? And actually, how long can we expect daily accidents to go on? Two-part question. So I also have a different philosophy on pull-ups compared to a lot of other potty training consultants. So I'm a fan of setting us up for success. And if you have the flexibility and the freedom, if you have a long car ride and you can stop every couple hours to go potty, then that's great. And if you have the patience to clean up a pee accident, you know, that can work. Um, 
but I'm a fan of just putting a pull up on for long car rides. That's what we did with the boys, even after they were potty trained. Um, another thing that you could do that works is as long as you're okay with pulling to the side of the road, once the boys were using the big potty, I took the little potty and put it in the trunk and they'd say, I have to go potty right over to the side of the road. Right. Um, and put the potty down and they would do, you know, do their business there. But I am a fan of embracing the pull up as well. Um, but that's another alternative if you have the time and patience. <laughs> oh, the potty in the back seat or the trunk lived yep. that way for so long. Same. It was like this time, probably like five or six years ago that they were like going poop in the apple orchard parking lot. <laughs> um, so yes. So the second part of that question is this is a new skill and your child, their job is play at this age, right? When they're very young, their job is play. And so sometimes they get so involved in their job, right? That sometimes they don't always listen to their body signals. Um, and so that's going to take a little bit of time and a little bit of mindfulness, um, you know, on their part to like recognize those body signals and, you know, go to use the bathroom. And so I don't recommend asking all the time, but if your child hasn't gone to the bathroom for a couple hours, you may want to invite them to come with you into the bathroom to go, um, just to try to avoid, you know, that happening. Fantastic. When do you introduce underwear? It's a really interesting question. Some right. methods say go underwear free for a while. Some methods say start it right away. What do you do? Once a child is showing readiness signals and they're interested and ready to use the potty, I start underwear right away. Um, and I actually recommend taking them out to the store if you can. Target, nice excuse to go to Target, right? And having them actually pick out their big girl or big boy undies, right? And that gets them really excited about the process. They want to wear them. Um, and so I usually start wearing them, you know, from the beginning because the three-day method says you're pantsless, right? Um, but that's kind of potty training boot camp. But if you're waiting and taking a more child-led approach, you know, you might have to clean some dirty undies um, while your child's getting the hang of it. But for the most part, once they've got the hang of it, you know, it should be, they should be fine in undies. Fantastic. All right, let's talk poop. Let's go there. <laughs> Kids tend to have a very different physiological reaction to having to go pee and successfully peeing on a potty than mm -hmm. pooping on a potty. We know this, but how do we make it easier for them? I have a mom that submitted a question. How do I encourage my son to poop on the potty? He really likes his privacy. He's very particular about pooping and he will go into his room and shut the door until he's done. Uh the key there is to start saying, I know that you are a boy that likes pooping in privacy. We all like to poop in privacy, right? And that's normal, but you know, everyone does their pooping in the bathroom. And so one way to get this started is to start having him poop in his pull-up, right? In the, in the bathroom. So he can go in there, close the door, make sure you've got everything child-proofed because uh, they can get a little crazy in there, but you can have your privacy in there. Let me know when you're done. I'll come and help you, you know, help you wipe. And then as he starts getting used to that, then it's, why don't you poop in your pull-up on the potty, right? And, you know, get used to sitting and doing that. Um, and then from there, you know, once they're ready, it's going to start to become their own 
you know, that their own idea. Um, and it's sometimes it's just a gentle, easy approach to it. And so it's setting that, you know, this is where we're going to go do our poops. And that eventually leads to them going in the potty. I love this. It's that idea of positive choice, Mm -hmm. right? Here's the container. Here's the framework. Yes. This is just a fact. This is Mm -hmm. where people go to the bathroom. Great. Inside of that, we can be flexible. We can collaborate. We can make plans together. We can try things. They don't have to work. We can try something new. Right. Oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah. So, so good. Um, okay, so I have a question from a dad, actually. Yeah, he's yeah. one of my my collaborative dads. He's been with me since the beginning. Shout out to Chris, you're awesome. Yes. And he was curious about being a dad to a daughter mm-hmm. and not so much about the home situations, but when they're out in public and she has to go. Does he take her into the female bathroom? Does he take her into the male bathroom? That's if there's not a gender neutral or a family bathroom available, of course. Um, And I just thought this was such a heads up proactive question. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a question I've never been asked before. Um, So I'm going to be winging it here. But, (laughs) you know, most places that we go do usually tend to have a family bathroom. um, But there are definite situations where there where there aren't. So I think it all boils down to the comfort level of the dad. But normally when they're young enough to be like, you know, potty trained, they may not really, if he carries her in, brings her in a stall, has her do her business in the men's room, it might not be as weird, um, you know, and if he's comfortable going into the woman's room, you know, you could say, I have a, I have a little one here because women don't have urinals, right? We're all like behind closed doors. And so having a man go in with his daughter, I don't think would be as weird. Um, so I think it's really all in comfort level and also the type of environment as well. So I think either could work. Yeah. I can't wait for the first opportunity that he has to make this choice and to hear back what he did and how it worked. Yeah. You'll have to let me know. I will. How he ended up choosing. Yeah. Cause I think if you went into a woman, if I was in the woman's room and a man came in with a three-year-old, four-year-old daughter and said, my, my daughter has to use the potty. And I would be like, Oh, come on in. You know, you're, you're good to go. And I think 99% of women would feel the same exact way. Um, so I think it could go either way. And I think men would also be very respectful if someone brought a young, you know, a young daughter into the men's room as well. Yeah. I know our world is really moving that way, which is a wonderful thing. And it just shows it by the ability to ask the question at all. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk potty regression. I have a mom whose daughter just turned three at the time of this recording. Her birthday was actually yesterday. Um, And at two and a half fully potty trained the last mm, five months before now, no problem. The month before now, a lot of regression and a lot of anxiety and asking for help again and accidents and holding it for long periods of time when she knows she has to go, which mom is interpreting to look like anxiety. I think it might just be physically being uncomfortable inside her body. I know I am when I have to go and I can't. What is the deal with regression and how do we support our kids to kind of recover what they once knew? Yeah. So this is a, 
This is a common time frame for potty regressions because lots of children are going through some major changes, right? Whether it's like starting daycare or starting preschool. So welcoming a new sibling. So there's maybe something else that's going on, some sort of change within the house, some sort of change in life or something that she's feeling really big feelings about. And that's usually when I see potty regressions, it usually correlates to some sort of major life change happening or something happening energetically in the house that could be, you know, making it so she's feeling not necessarily as comfortable. Um, do you know any more to the story? Is she like starting school and this is her first time starting school? There are quite a number of changes. And yeah, we have uh, we've been working through it in our one on one sessions. Um, but I I knew I was going to be talking to you and I said, I'm just going to lob this out there because if you're dealing with this, I know other people are dealing with this um, and we are making some pretty good progress. But yes, mm -hmm. starting school, um, new house. Yeah, those are big. Um, and kids really don't like change at all. And when there's multiple changes happening all at the same time as normally when we see, you know, the potty regressions happening. So that doesn't actually surprise me. The way that we get around it and expedite getting back to um, old habits is by staying really patient and supportive and, you know, helping them to understand why some of this may be going on um, because they don't necessarily know why this is happening, but it's kind of like sometimes behavior shows what children are thinking with, even if they have not communicated, you know, what, what they're actually thinking. And it's hard as a parent because you're like, I know you can do this. You've done it. Like what the heck is going on? Right? Like, I know you can do this. And sometimes that in turn feels pressure, like pressure for the child. And so I you know, usually recommend saying like, I know that you probably have some really big feelings going on inside, right? We, you're starting school, which is really exciting, but can be a little bit scary too, right? And you are also, we have this new house and you have a new room, right? All of that feels a little different too, doesn't it? Yeah. And so sometimes that could be, you know, those big feelings that you might be having inside, you know, are making it so your body's not necessarily, you know, talking to you the way that it used to. Right. And so I know you need a little bit more help right now. I'm here for you. We're going to figure this out together. Right. And then go back and just provide extra support because getting aggravated and frustrated, which no judgment, because believe me, I'm like, I am not this perfect parent. <laughs> That's not why I do this work. Right. It's just, we get aggravated and frustrated, but the more you can try to look at it from your child's perspective, you know, if you are starting a new job, right. And you're having a lot of really big feelings and someone was really trying to push you on something outside of that, it might be like, listen, I got a lot I'm working on over here. I can't do that right now. Right. So I always tried to put myself in my children's shoes and see kind of what's happening and how I would want to be treated if that was happening. Um, and I certainly wouldn't want my mom or dad to get mad at me. And if we do get mad, you're human. Give yourself lots of grace. Apologize, something most of us, our parents never did, right? And then try to get back on the same team. You know, have that really encouraging conversation, offer more support. Yes. Oh, this is so fantastic for this time of year because we are all going through major transitions. And 
I have a whole episode, I don't know how many episodes back on why kids go back to go forward. Mm -hmm. And it looks like they're losing skills they already had mastered. And it's always inside a transition or some type of learning leap that's happening cognitively. And so the best that we can do is exactly what you just said, be there with them, in it with them, support them through what they're dealing with. And we will get to the other side. I always tell people, remember, they are not going to be doing this forever. I always say that. And another thing to keep an eye on, and I'm sure that you've talked with her about this, is when children are turning full year or half year transitions, there's a reason that that's when sleep regressions happen, right? And because there's just so much that's happening developmentally inside of our children. So sometimes to your point, when there's a lot happening inside, plus lots of external changes that really can put them in a tailspin. So again, it is just temporary. Absolutely. Okay. So here's a really interesting one because when we wake up in the morning, the first thing that we do as adults typically is head to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. But I wake up and I've got a bunch of time that I stay in bed. I meditate in the morning, you know, so there's a buffer there for me between when I wake up and I really have to pee. Hmm. I had someone ask this question because a newly potty trained little one has restarted a daycare setting. It had the summer off. Yeah. Mom's a teacher, had the summer off restarted a daycare setting and is really upset about having to get up in the morning. And the first thing that she's asked to do is pee. So is there a buffer for these kids or are we the panicking ones who are like, you're awake, you're recently potty trained. You must have to pee right now. So when you were saying that, you probably heard me say, because hmm, I immediately wake up and that's the first thing that I have to do. Um, but you've got to figure everyone's got different, you know, she might've been up at three o'clock in the morning and went potty. Right. Um, and so she might not have to go as bad as a child who went last night at seven or seven 30. Right. And now it's seven 30 or seven the next morning, you know, you've got 11 and a half hours. Right. So I think in this case, it's, you know, taking your child's lead too, right. Cause they may not have to go. And if they're not, if they don't go and don't have an accident, then it's not a big deal. If they don't go and they have an accident, that's logical consequences to the choice that they made, right? And it's a pain in the butt for us to have to clean it up, but we sometimes have to let our children learn, right? And so you could say, wow, yeah, you chose this morning to not go potty. And then, you know, you had an accident, no big deal about the accident, but you can see why mommy sometimes says that maybe we should go potty first thing in the morning. So you let me know, we could, you know, you can make your choice, but, or you could also offer two choices. Do you want to brush your teeth first or go potty first, right? Do you want to put your clothes on first or do you want to go potty first? And sometimes they're both choices that are going in the direction that you're looking to go. But sometimes it's just offering that choice so that they don't feel pressured to try to do something. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of the two positive choices. And another thing that I often share with families is to forecast it the night before. What mm. happens during the sleeping process is pretty magical. Yes. But if you plant these seeds the night before, they are swimming in them all mm -hmm. night long and wake up with 
an increased awareness of what the expectation is, or that they're going to be asked to do this or this, and they might even have their answer ready to go. Yeah. Especially for kiddos that have a tough time with transitions and going from wake to going to the bathroom is a transition, right? So I think I always recommend talking to kiddos before a transition happens. And I love how you said that what happens during sleep is so magical because that really is truly when they process everything that they've learned, you know, through the day. That's a great suggestion. So this mom submitted a question and said, how long is too long? How long have I been at this and I know it's not working? And when do I give up and just say, I guess we're not doing this yet? We'll try again. Because you said when people say I've been potty training for a year, you're like, whoa. So we don't want to get to a year. Um, you know, a few weeks sounds like it might be reasonable. Where is that middle ground where you maybe didn't assess your child's readiness correctly? Yeah. If it's not coming together, usually within two to three weeks, right. That is usually an indicator for me that like, we need to like pause and, you know, get it, let everyone kind of get back on the same page and then start again. Once you're starting to see those readiness signals. Um, I think oftentimes when I see that happen, parents are waiting weeks, months, right. Long time. But once a child is ready and they're truly ready and it's their idea it's a pretty easy process. It shouldn't be as hard, but a lot of families potty training has this really bad rap because we try to do it too early. Right. I mean, I didn't want to pay for diapers times two with twins. Right. Um, but they weren't ready. And so when it does take a really long time, you know, or if you're fighting about it, right. And it's really pressureful situation. I think it's always wise to just take a break, take some deep breaths, you know, go to your mantra. Like, I know she can do this. I know he can do this, right? She will not go to college in diapers. She will not go to college in diapers, right? Those are the things that you want to be saying to yourself. So you can release some of that pressure that you're feeling and frustration that it's not coming together the way that you want it to. But again, it's their, it's their journey, right? Where we're helping them along that journey, but we can't force them in any direction, especially when it comes to this. Yes, that is 100% true. All right. So aside from the pressure that everybody feels in the event that you've got to hit the full stop button and try again in a few months, talk to our mama hearts about letting go of the fact that we feel guilty that we failed. Oh, yeah. Because this, I mean, collaborative parents, conscious parents are also well-educated parents. Mm -hmm. And so- they tend to be kind of this beautiful blend of all the feels and have the soul connection, but also very type A. Here's mm -hmm. the plan and here's how it's going to turn out. Yeah. How do we let that go, Christine? Oh, mama guilt. That's one of my specialties <laughs> internally. I mean, um, I think it's, we can't look at it as failure, right? We have to look at it as, um, an experiment, right? We, I thought it was the right time. We tried it. It wasn't the right time. And now I know that I have more, I have more data, right? I have more data to pull from and my child is just not there yet. But if you look at it as I'm a failure, I tried to force my child to do this and they weren't ready and you feel really guilty about it. 
I don't know about you, but my best parenting doesn't come when I'm coming from a place of guilt and self-recrimination. And so I, again, those mantras, like I'm not a perfect mom, but I'm doing my best, right? Um, it's okay to make mistakes. And so it's, we just have to remind ourselves of that. And when you take that break, you're going to do the reparation when you talk to your child about taking the break, right? You're going to say, wow, this has been really hard for both of us, right? Man, we've been doing a lot of fighting, you know? Um, And so let's, you know, let's just take a step back, you know? And I'm sorry if you feel like I pressured you. We're going to take a break. You let me know when you're ready, right? And, you know, the key again is apologizing. And you are just grounding back into that relationship at that point saying, we're a team. I tried to take control of the team leadership seminar over here. You're back (laughs) at the table with me. You get a voice and let me know when you are ready to try this again. Christine, this I knew was going to be a very powerful conversation. It was even more than I could have expected. Your big takeaways for parents are... It's all about readiness. Don't pressure, they'll dig in their heels. And once they're ready, it should be easy. You have a readiness checklist for us, right? I do, yeah, you can download it in the show notes. So I'll provide you the link to to download it there. Um, And also offer one-on-one potty consultations. So if anyone is really struggling and wants to talk one-on-one and have someone take a look over your specific situation, um, I offer 45 minute long sessions where we just talk about what's going on. I help you troubleshoot and give you a resource package and a recap of what we talked about. Amazing. And one last thing, relax, detach, enjoy, right? Relax, detach from your expectations and just enjoy your child. Mm. Well, isn't that a lovely space to end this conversation? Relax, detach, enjoy. From that space, anything is possible. Oh, thank you again. And to all of you collaborative parents out there listening, stay mindful and proactive. Use strategies like this, use resources like Christine, and we are going to transform the toddler years. Thank you. Until our next episode, stay mindful and proactive as you transform the toddler years.